we come to you right now. We thank you so much for this night. We thank you so much for resurrecting us. Father, we thank you for being alive for this night and what you're going to do. God, right now, I pray for all the people in this room, Father, hearts will be softened to what you want to say to them. That's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're in the middle of a series titled Let's Go. And uh, it's, been, it's been fun. Tonight is the, uh, the last night for it. And that's, that's okay, because we're going. We're going. And uh, next week we're going to start a series on relationships called What Do You Mean? What do you mean? It'll be fun. I think there's a song titled that. I'm not sure, though. Oh, Justin. Justin. Oh, I never heard him. Luke 7 is where we're going to hang out tonight. So if you turn in your Bibles, and it's so cool every single Wednesday and Sunday to see you guys taking notes. You have journals or in your phone that you're doing that. And that really is, really is incredible. Continue to do that. I wish that I started doing that whenever I was younger to really have something to look back on when life happens. And so continue to do that. Continue to take notes. Continue to, to study on your own when you leave here. Last week was a really, really amazing night. It really was in here. I challenged you guys with the fact that we've got to stop waiting. We've got to stop waiting to really do anything, but we focused on we got to stop waiting and putting things off to tell people about Christ. Remember, I, I told the story of my grandfather who I waited and I waited until it was almost too late whenever he was on his hospital bed. And that the reason that we wait, if you remember what I talked about, the reason we wait to do anything, the reason we don't want to tell people stuff, the reason that we put stuff off is because we're so afraid of people's reactions. We don't know what they're going to say. We don't know how they're going to react. When we got to take that whole worried about the reaction out and we just got to put it into action. Because you have nothing to lose. No matter what that may be. Well, I'll just take care of it another day. I'll do this. I'll do that. And we said, let's go. And I challenge you all to let's go. Let's stop putting stuff off. And I know that some of you, you took that to heart. You went home and told your parents. Your parents are now here tonight. They're like, man, that's good. I, want, I need to hear that. Some of you went home and told your parents and they came to church this past Sunday for the first time. You're like, I'm not waiting anymore. That's so cool. That's what it's about. And so this last part of let's go is if you were in high school Bible study this past Sunday, you heard the last part of let's go. I wrote an entire different message for tonight out of Peter in the Bible. But I could not get away from what happened in Bible study on Sunday morning. Man, it was awesome. It was incredible. And I want you all to hear this. So Luke 7 is where we're going to start. Luke 7 verse 11. And right now we see that Jesus Christ is kind of just starting his ministry right here. It's just kind of in the beginning. 
He's already chosen his 12 disciples. He's already taught some crowds. He's performed a few miracles. And then right here in verse 11, it says, Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, which means pleasant. And what he saw there wasn't very pleasant, but that's what that word means. A town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. So they're on a 25-mile walk right now, and that's far. That, that's, that's really far. You're like, no, it's not. No, that's, that's far, all right. 25-mile walk, and these people are so excited about what's going on. They are pumped up. They're like, woohoo, Jesus. They're hanging out with him, and they're like, oh, this is going to be awesome because he's been doing all these really cool things. And people are like, oh, I can't wait to see what he does next. And they're just, this crowd that is with him on this 25-mile walk is like, woo! Verse 12, as he approached the town gate, as, as he gets close to the town, a dead person was being carried out. The only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd, another large crowd. So you have this large crowd with Jesus. You have a whole other large crowd with the dead. And a large crowd from the town was with her. Now this is so significant right here. So check this out in verse 12. And by the way, a lot of people are like, the Bible's boring. The, no, you're boring, okay? You don't know how to read, right? What, what we're going to read today, there's no way that you can say the Bible is boring. This is incredible what happens. So as he approached town, a dead person was being carried out. Now that is so significant because this mother right here we see, the only son of his mother. So we have a mom who is really tore up, a mom who is so, so, so upset. And, and, and in Jewish culture, as soon as somebody dies, they have to bury their dead immediately for all sorts of reasons. But as soon as someone dies, they have to bury somebody immediately. So as soon as he passed away, boom, they're on their way to the funeral. They're on their way to the cemetery. So as a mother, and most of you don't understand being a mother, especially if you're a guy, just will never understand that. But as a mother right here, this is a devastating moment, not just because she lost her son, but also because if, if, if you look what it says, the only son of his mother and she is a widow, this little boy was everything that she had. This is her everything. She doesn't have a husband. She has no family. It's a mother in the town of Nain walking very sad to the gravesite. And most of the time, what you would see in a funeral procession at this time, back in this time, you would see the mother, you would see immediate family, you would see the casket or the dead body, and then you would see friends. But here's what Jesus saw, a mom, a body, and friends. That's it. That's it. You have a crowd that's excited with Jesus. You have a crowd that is walking to the funeral. And in comes Christ on the situation. Verse 13, when the Lord saw her.
when the Lord saw her. Let's go. My life at times is really crazy. There are things that I have seen and experienced that I, I seriously, I don't know how they happen and I don't know why they happen. And I'm just like, okay, let's go. Like tonight, there was a kid and he like fell walking in and he didn't move. And I was like, I was sitting with some people. I was like, oh, great. I was like, he passed out. He died. Let's go. And then he rose. I was like, oh, thank you. Guys, I, I, I'm, I'm not kidding. Like, like I, I told some people this story of, I had some people over to my house for dinner and um, this person asked me at dinner, said, hey, you know, you tell a lot of stories whenever you're teaching and I'm just curious, you know, you make those up, right? Like we're eating dinner at my house in my little table and my little home with my little wife and my little kids, all right? And she's asking me, while I'm eating chicken, she, sorry, I gave it away. This person asked me if I'm a liar when I'm talking about Christ. Or ever. I'm like, no, I don't make it up. Prove it. Okay, what do you want to know? I've got witnesses most of the time. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Just kidding. But I, I don't make this stuff up. I really don't. There's, I just, I'm, I don't, I'm not a liar. I can't, I can't live with myself if I tell lies. I just, okay, I lie. I mean, I've just, I got to do that. I've experienced some things that are crazy. Beckendorf Junior High basketball game. I was there a few years back watching basketball. I was a junior high pastor here. Just there, like, go, C team. Brutal. If you're on C team, way to go. It was brutal that day. All of a sudden, I hear, I don't know what that was. That noise right there, I didn't know what that was. I look, I'm sitting like third bleacher court. Up here, I hear that, whatever that was, somebody falling down the bleachers. Hold on before we start laughing. I go, oh no. In my mind, I'm by myself. No, I'm not. Kenny Ruck-Tanenshoek was with me. He worked with us. Awesome, awesome, tall Asian man. I look up. This older lady has passed out and fallen down the bleachers. Just a few. I look up, and no one's moving. I'm like, ah. Let's go. So I, so I hit this, like, Weird mode. Some of you have maybe seen me in this mode. It's like, I'm going to save this person's life. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm just going to do it. And so I go, no kidding, no kidding, can't make this up, I promise you. And I'm, I'm giving CPR to this lady. And I'm praying out loud as I'm doing it. I, I am literally praying out loud as the basketball game is continuing. <laughs> CPR to this, to this lady, she had no pulse. Hey, you, call 911. Hey, you, ha, hey, who? I'm just like, I'm like taking over. I'm just a junior high youth, I'm just a youth pastor. I'm like, 
She had no pulse. All of a sudden, seriously, I'm praying, all this stuff. She, there she is. I'm like, what in the world are you doing? Paramedics come in and I disappear into the darkness. That next week, she somehow, some way, found out what had happened, got a hold of me, came to church. Once, pretty cool deal. Pretty cool deal. But what if I didn't do anything? What if I just heard the fall? Oh, <laughs> that sucks. I'm sorry I said that. I'm not. Because that's what most of us do when we see tragedy is we're like, oh, man, I'm too busy for you. And we pass by. In our office, I've told this story about 27 times because it's significant. In our office, here, over there, this office, Evan Holbrook, the current junior high pastor, and I were up there with a man named Joel Menard. It was, uh, we had an event going on, Insanity, or I don't remember the exact, I think that was it. And I was about to teach at it. And I'm, I'm just being dumb. Me and Evan, us together, bad deal, bad situation. Trouble happens. I, tell, I say something funny. And Joel Menard, Joel Menard runs sound in J-High right now. Joel Menard is, your, is the sound guy in the back. His wife, Danielle, she's one of the greatest volunteers in the history of volunteers, runs this place. You see her, she's here all the time. Three kids in the ministry. So Joel is eating a piece of chicken. And I say something funny. He's like, <coughs> I start laughing. So I'm like, this, this is awkward. Like, why are you making these noises? What is this? You're turning purple. I'm like, Oh, no. His eyes are bulging out of his head. He is legit turning purple. And so I think, let's go. I start praying. I go up to Joel with all of my might. I do the Heimlich. Bam! Nothing. He is not breathing. At all. At the same time, and I had to take care of this later, Evan Holbrook, current junior high pastor, has a fist. Here's me and Joel. Here's Evan. I can't make this up. Ask Evan. He has a fist and is doing a defensive shuffle around Joel. Great form. I, I, see, this hap I see this happening as... Joel is dying. I'm thinking, what is he? Just save Joel's life. So I, 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 I <laughs> I'm not laughing. I'm like, he's an idiot. I'm like, is he going to hit me? So I do it again, chicken, whoo, out of Joel's mouth. And I, I got on a knee. I didn't know what to say. So I just directed all my attention to Evan. What were you doing? 
Joel is like, <gasps> Evan, he's like, dude, I was just going to punch him. <laughs> I don't know if I want Evan to save my life, okay? Why'd he die? Well, he was choking and I, I knocked him out. Figured I'd send him to heaven faster. But what if, what if, and I could go on and on and on. I was at a baseball game this past May, a week before Beach Retreat. And there was a, there was a gentleman cheering on his grandson. The gentleman had a heart attack. His pulse stopped. We went into action. I was literally over here watching the game. I hear 911. I'm like, ah, who's dying? <laughs> but what if? I, there's so many stories that are just crazy. But what if I just, he'll be all right. This, is, this isn't bragging on Michael. This is a challenge to all of us, Christian and non-Christian, that we've got to stop just passing by moments because we don't have time, because we don't know what to do, or because we're too busy. Here's the deal. You're not going to know what to do. You're never going to know what to do. But if you have been spending time, in every one of those moments, I am praying out loud. I'm just, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. Get this chicken out. Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. Help this brother, man. Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. Help this lady. I'm, I'm, I'm praying that stuff. I'm praying that stuff. I'm praying that stuff. And I was also in the Word earlier that day. You are ready at all times. Christ has prepared, prepared you more than you know. So how about we stop passing by people, not just in tragedies, not just in horrible moments, but people that you know that need Christ, who are dead, because you are around dead people all the time. And look what Jesus did here. When he saw her, his heart went out to her. He had compassion. Compassion actually means a hurting, a hurting of the bowels. Like, oh, this is horrible. This lady has lost everything. This is, this is so sad. Look what happens. He said, this is rude. It really is a rude moment. Jesus said, don't cry. Are you, are you kidding me? Are you, ki are you kidding me? This woman has everything that she ever had is, is on the way to the funeral, on their way to the graveyard. And he says he has the audacity of God to say, don't cry. Here's why that's significant. Because when you have lost somebody, Christians learn from this. When you are with somebody who has had loss, when you are with somebody who is really sad, when you're with somebody that is upset, the best thing for you to do is to shut your mouth. Instead, what do Christians do? You're like, oh, I have to like save the world. So you're going to go in and be like, hey, God has a plan. Really? God has a plan for this? If I go through loss, if something tragic happened in my life, and you come to my house and you bring macaroni and cheese or Sonic or whatever it may be that makes me really happy, and you go, hey, good to see you. How are you doing? God has a plan. It's going to be all right. I'm going to punch you. Because the deal is, when you're going through massive loss, you don't want to hear that. And some of you have experienced that. Christians, learn from that. Here's what we can do. We show up to someone's house and we just sit. Can I, can I get you anything? Okay. 
But for some reason, Christians, we feel like we have to say something. The best thing for you to do is just to go and be. Just go be. Just go and sit. Don't worry about trying to be a hero and say the right thing because you're awkward when it gets silent because everything in your life is so busy. It's okay just to sit there. And so Jesus breaks the rule of all pastors. Because we've sat in many homes, myself and this team here, of people who have had great loss, and we've just sat there. And Jesus says, don't cry. If I were there, I'd be like, are you kidding me, dude? Do you even know? He's like, yeah, I, I do. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just saying, that's rude. He says, don't cry. Why does he say that? Because he, know he knows what happens. He knows. Look what happens next in verse 14. Then he went up and touched the coffin. You're like, big deal. Massive deal. You're right. Huge, crazy deal. Why? Because no one, number one, it was a woman that was upset. And the priests and the people of that time could care less about a woman being upset. So Jesus cared for this woman. Major no-no. Jesus always ticking people off by doing the opposite of the culture. Going against the flow. Jesus cares about a woman. Number one, no-no. Number two, he touched the coffin. He showed that he cared and he didn't care what it would do to him. Because they all thought, if you touch this, you're going to be unclean. And Jesus is like, don't cry. I got this. I'm God. Yo, touches the coffin, and those carrying it stood still, because that's crazy in that time. You didn't do that. No one did that. Remember, happy crowd, sad crowd, dead person, mom upset, don't cry, touching the coffin. Jesus just messing everybody up. Like, what's he going to do? I don't know. What are you doing? You shouldn't do this. He's like, booyah. And he said, young man, get up. That's it. Young man, get up. Verse 15. The dead man sat up and began to talk. Can you imagine? You're driving down I-10 tonight. And you see a funeral procession. You see all the lights on. These cars are going. And for some reason, they pull over. The guy gets out of a car, pulls out the casket from the whatever that thing is, opens it up. You're watching the whole thing because there's traffic. You're like, everybody's just, you know this person died. And all of a sudden, dude or girl, whatever, sits up. Hey, what would you do? I know what you'd do. You'd be like, whoa. And you'd have like a billion likes. Because the dead person came alive. When we read this, we're like, oh, that's cool. No, 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 no. That's real life. That really happened. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all, and John, they all, they all wrote the beginning of the Gospels, the beginning of the Bible. They all tell the same stories. They didn't like compare notes and get on Google like, oh, what did you see? Well, I saw this. No. Completely different people. Never communicated, all wrote the same stuff. Can't make this stuff up. 
He was dead and he is alive. And he began to talk and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Can you imagine that mom? Yep. Just passed out. That's the MHV version, Michael Head version. That's what I think would have happened. She's like, can you imagine seeing that? Someone dead came to life because Jesus decided, and Jesus is a pretty big deal, because Jesus decided to stop when he was on his way during his journey to see and to help, to have compassion, and to not care what anybody else thought. He knew that it was against culture for him to do all those things. And because of that, somebody dead then became alive. We have the same power as Jesus Christ in us. But what happens is when we see moments where somebody is dead, that we just kind of pass them up. Because we're afraid of what the culture is going to tell us. We're afraid of what's going to happen. We don't have time. Our lives are too busy. We don't really know what we're doing. We're afraid everybody's going to make fun of us. We, I, all these different excuses. When the truth is, there are people that are dead because they don't have Christ. And we pass them all the time. And we don't do anything about it. And you have the power and the opportunity and you have Christ to be able to take that dead person and have them be alive in Christ. Why do I say alive in Christ? Here's why. Because when you ask Christ into your dead life, you are alive because Christ is not dead in the tomb. He has risen and he is alive, and he is alive in you through the Holy Spirit. And look what happens in verse 16. They were all filled with awe and praise God. A great prophet, and they're like, this was crazy. And the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. They were celebrating. They're like, ah, oh, I mean, wouldn't you? Like someone died, they're on their way, and they're like, ah, it's crazy. Christians, every single Wednesday night in this room, there are people that were dead that have now become alive. And we need to celebrate that. And we need to never get used to it. Some of you were once dead, and somehow, some way, you walked in the doors of this church and you are now alive in Christ. If you have accepted Christ at live, which is this, if you've accepted Christ at live, will you just raise your hand? I'm just curious. Raise your hand all over the room. Matter of fact, stand up. You've accepted Christ here. You accepted Christ here. Stand up all over the room. All over the room. All over the room. You accepted Christ here. Holy cow. Look at this. Look at this. That's a weak clap. Are you kidding me? Thank you. Thank you. That is incredible. Wow. Because most likely, 
one of you were invited by somebody else. And because of that, you are now alive in him. And you're learning and you're growing in your walk with Jesus Christ. So some of you are experiencing exactly what was there. So tonight, I want to give another opportunity for some people in this room who you are literally a part of the story and you are walking to your grave. You're walking to your grave. You are dead. And there's another crowd over here that's like, man, I'm so excited to see what happens. I can't wait to see what happens. This is going to be awesome. And so I want to give you the opportunity right now to have your life touched by God. And for your life to be forever changed. So no one looking around. No one looking around.